Welcome to A Drink of Wisdom. Nathan Drinkard, I'm Jay Wise. Thanks for spending some of your time with us. As always, you know where to find us. We're on the Anchor app, we're on Apple Podcasts, we're on Spotify. If you're looking for us in the video format, you can find us on the A Drink of Wisdom YouTube channel, and we're streaming live on the ColorCast app. Drink, great to be back with you. I hope you had a fantastic Christmas. I did have a fantastic Christmas. Thank you for putting that out there in the universe. Hopefully I have a fantastic uh, next year too. New Year's re resolution and all that. Um, but yes, man, I had a good Christmas. A bless. Uh, woke up another day. Um, we here again on another tremendous Tuesday. So, you know, I can't be mad at it. But, uh, you know, before we go any further, how about you and your Christmas? How was your Christmas? Good. Good, man. You know, I got I to gotta say before we get going in regards to the new year. Remember how 2021 was like everyone was so looking forward to 2021 because 2020 was so trash. <laughs> it feel like I it's the it felt like the same thing because 2021 ain't been all that great. What say you on that really quick? <laughs> now, what they say? Sometimes the grass ain't green on the other side, you dig? So you better be careful what you ask for. So it's like one of them things now. I I don't know what what else going to come out of COVID, so I'm just going to take it off. A month at a time, I guess. Let's just take it a month at a time. But without further ado, it's another day, another dollar. We got to give the streets what they need. We see what they don't and absolutely say what they want. Set your dinner plates because you know it's time to eat. You know you're going to come and eat some of this good knowledge with us while we're dropping these jewels. And last but not least, let's talk some sports, baby. And with that said, what you got for us today, Jay? Well, this is episode 28 of uh, season three. We're going to recap week 16, take a look at the Jaguars coaching search. We're going to preview college football playoff semifinals. We're going to start with the NBA on Christmas Day, five NBA games on the slate. And what we saw was the New York Knicks, a winner over the Hawks. The Milwaukee Bucks beat the Boston Celtics. The Golden State Warriors, they beat the Suns. And the Brooklyn Nets took down the Los Angeles Lakers. And in the late night game, which I was dead tired from all the action NBA and NFL-wise, the Utah Jazz beat the Dallas Mavericks. Drink, what stood out to you on this Christmas day of NBA action? So, in full disclosure, right, I'm going to tell you right now, this health, and, you know, I, I know we didn't have some segments on the health and safety protocol, but the swiftness of when people are going in and out is quite outrageous, if I must say so myself. I'm not saying the NBA is doing anything wrong. I'm not saying the players are doing anything wrong. I'm just saying, I can get up in the morning and be like, excited. Hawks and Heat, I mean, Knicks and Hawks, first game, coming on at 12. Yeah, baby, let's go, 11.30. Uh, RJ Barrett is out of here, folks. And I understand people like, it's RJ Barrett, like what's the big deal? But RJ Barrett is a big deal to the Knicks. So, when I come here and watch this game, it does bother me when players are just like flop, getting dropped right before the game. Um, just, that's just and, a hypothetical, by the way, right? Yeah, yeah, just a hypothetical. Just, just, just an example. But as we <laughs> go you. down to the, some of these games, this is a reality. Right. But it's just a hypothetical of like that, that kind of threw – I think – I guess what I want to say is it threw off the vibe of Christmas Day yes. NBA because of that. Um, and then – you know, and like we was talking about before the show, the NFL didn't help the vibe of NBA Christmas Day with them having, you know, two games on as well. So it was it was a lot. But with that said, um, what, what, what the biggest takeaways I had, um, 
the Knicks getting a win over the Hawks, and I got it. The Hawks are trying to gain their momentum that they had last year because they don't look like the team. They kind of look like, as you call it, um, let's check the IDs because we're looking real fraudulent around here. Um, they don't. They just don't look like the, the the Atlanta Hawks team we seen in the Eastern Conference Finals last year. They, they, I'm sorry. Um, and I think the Knicks took care of business just like they should have. Um, the Knicks is a team that you know we are. We keep saying you know one piece, one piece. And I'm starting to think maybe Kimba Walker is the one piece that we thought he was gonna be. And finally, between his attitude or his play and what Tom Thibodeau want to do and. I'm going to guess now Julius Randle and uh, RJ, RJ Barrett and guys can kind of step back a little bit and say, hey, Kimball, you want to do your thing, do your thing. And it seems to me, since he's been like the, the kind of more of the lead guy, the Knicks have been playing better on the offensive side and the defensive side. So I like what I see with the Knicks right now. I just want to know if it's uh, sustainable. So I'm keeping the verdict out on that one. The Bucks and Celtics um, – I'm, I'm um, listen. All I, I, all I can say is I think um, Jalen Brown. You know what I'm saying? I, th I think he had a pretty spectacular day. But I'm gonna be real. I wasn't. Yeah, I missed this one. We won't keep that going. To the game that I want to see the most. Um, you know, was I wanted to see the Warriors and the Suns running back as you see the Warriors did win that game. Um, but I think. I can't remember the last time we played, but we talked about the last time we played. It was like a pretty highly anticipated matchup. Um, it had a, like a playoff atmosphere, and, and and you called that one correct. You said you thought the Warriors was going to like flop around and come up short. They did. Uh, Steph Curry came up short as well on that game, um, and the Suns won, but flipped rolls a little bit. And I want to say the Warriors won this game without Draymond Green, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I think he played did he play? Okay, so he must win it. He, he did play. Yeah, he just – I think he went in the protocols today. No, he was in the protocol last night. That's why I was on okay. the impression. Um, okay, so, yeah, I got – see, that's what I'm saying about the protocol yeah, stuff. It's, it's get, real – yeah, it's real in and out. Like, it's hard to keep up. Look, I get, like, confused. I'm like, yo, I just thought I seen this dude play, but he's not playing. Uh, so – that – um, the Nets and the Lakers, here's the deal, folks. I'm going to keep it real with you. Um, when – when KD hit that uh that protocol list, yeah, I was I was out of here because look, Le LeBron LeBron is the only player that the Lakers seem to be rolling out. Um, I'm just not interested in Westbrook. I'm I'm sorry, I'm just not interested in what he's doing with the Lakers right now. I'm just the only thing that Westbrook can do to um make me interest is somehow he he fixes contract with somebody want him so we can get him out of here. Um. But I, I, yeah, I, I didn't phone in and I went too too much. I did watch a little of the Jazz and Mavericks, but just like we talked about earlier, another game where you know, Luka Doncic, he, he's out of here. Uh, it just, I don't know, man. To keep it real, just to keep it hundred percent real with this recap, it, it, it's like it's very hard to be excited about basketball right now, especially when football going on. But bigger than that for me now. Especially when I don't know who's gonna play. Like this, this protocol stuff is out of control. Like I just seen that the guy from um, Cleveland not gonna play tonight, and then I, I go do a parlay on some, and I got him in the parlay, and they just announced right? the planet. Yeah, I'm just like, man, come on. So yeah, man. Um, 
I, I did, like I said, I caught some of the action. Um, the little that I did catch, I just think it was it was a bad, you know, selection for me. So I'm gonna let you run with this one and, t and tell the good old folks what they missed. But um, I hope the NBA don't make a habit of scheduling basketball games the same day as NFL games are getting played. When you on game 34 of the season and we're about to roll into the postseason of the NFL, I just uh, don't make a whole lot of sense to me. But when you're making the big bucks, you just get go do whatever you want to do. So with that said, man, I, I would say the biggest takeaway from Christmas Day for me is the fact that the Nets beat the Lakers without Kevin Durant. Yeah, to, uh, and over, the overarching point here is this, um, and we, we talked about this before we got on here, the NBA NBA needs its stars. And when the stars aren't out there, I think for me, the, the product suffers, and I think it's harder to get uh, eyes to the television sets. You know, you can look at every one of these matchups, and there's just, there's a guy who wasn't there, or we, if, if you, thank God for Giannis. Giannis about saved right. save Christmas because if you think about it, if Giannis did not play and did not get at the protocols, what you would have is you would have, and look at this each game. And this is not all COVID by the way, but just think of it. No Trey young in game one in game two. Think about what if Giannis didn't clear the protocol, that'd be huge game three, Clay Thompson. We know that's not COVID, but still we got to throw it in there. Game four KD that that's that just about ruined it like that. That game became just so much more uninteresting because he what he wasn't playing. Right. You know, the whole KD versus right. LeBron thing, we still want to see it. You know, so many and you know, and Kyrie, we throw him in there too. And then the last game of the night, Luca. Not COVID, but still a big deal. That's potentially, you know, and actually just just throw Kyrie in there and take Giannis out. That's still five like star to superstar guys that we didn't get to watch. But I thought it was a. Uh, and then you combine that with the fact that you had two like really intriguing NFL matchups later on in the day. And you know how it is on Christmas Day. Normally it's the third and fourth games that are kind of what we want to see. Those are the, the real, you know, eye grabbing ones. But what's on ABC is what we want. So uh, this was this was tough because when the NFL games came on, you know, my attention kind of swayed, you know, and then I, Instead of watching, uh, you know, my eyes on Steph, watching what he's doing, for some reason, like, it's the NFL. So I'm watching Baker Mayfield just throw a bunch of interceptions, you know? So, um, Yo, Baker Mayfield, you know, Oh, yeah. Well, that's, we didn't talk about that in the, in the prep, but uh, we might touch on it. No, we didn't. But, uh, hey, man, I thought um, the Knicks and Hawks, you know, it seems like a long time ago that these were two teams last year who they were on the come up. You know, that was, a, that was an intriguing first-round series. That we had last year. Um, neither team is the same. The Hawks. Uh, not only did they not have Trey Young, uh, DeAndre Hunter not not up. Uh, I, I can't even like. There's there's so many guys that I think they're missing. And then the Knicks, like they they've been. It's like it's Kimball Walker, the missing piece. No, Kimball Walker can't do it. We got to put in Alec Burks. You know they now Kimball Walker's back. So both of these teams to me, they still kind of gotta. They still seem to be searching for their identity, so to speak. That's a big cliche, but I think it applies mm -hmm. here. But yeah. uh, I, I did think it was encouraging for the Knicks because I, I saw some big things from Julius Randle. His three point stroke got going, so I thought that was important. But both of those teams moving forward, 
Uh, they still got a lot of work to do because the East is, is pretty competitive. And if the, I think if the season ended today, I think both of those teams would they wouldn't even be in the play-in. So still a lot of work to do there. You know, Boston Boston was winning this game for a while. Well, I want to say the first three quarters, maybe they were in complete control, and then all of a sudden Giannis happened. It's like he cleared the protocols before the game, but then in actuality, he really cleared the protocols like in the second half, and he just took over the game. And then like, I'm thinking like, man, Boston, they they out here showing me something. Like, and then uh, at, by the time the game's in, like, man, they just let Giannis dunk all over him. So I mean, <laughs> they, I mean, it is Giannis. But there's no, but there's no secret. Like Boston, to me, they are who they are. They got two really good young players who, you know, they got to build around. But you know that that's a, uh, you know, the same thing. Like you know, we talk about in the in the show with like what Seattle doing with the Seahawks and the comments that their coach made. Like they got they got a lot of work to do because like that's a they got two good players, and then just. You know Robert Williams, Marcus Smart, but that bench, when you get down to that bench, it is it is highly suspect. So, but you know it, it's no secret. Like what what we had, we had Philadelphia and um, Boston a couple weeks ago. Philly's right. clearly better than Boston. Milwaukee's clearly better than Boston. A lot of teams are better than Boston. There's no secret there. Uh, you no, know, <laughs> I, I gotta tell you, man, uh, and I don't think you didn't say too much about it, but um, if I'm if I'm a Lake and I am a Laker fan. This is uh this is awful because Russell Westbrook, I don't know what this is this is terrible. You go and this is the regular season drink. This is where Russell Westbrook shines because we know for years now we haven't been able to find a performance in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. But he went he went four for twenty on Christmas Day with mm-hmm. um a lot of a lot of t- he missed eleven shots in the restricted area. That's where he makes his money. So this was also you, you would think that like, oh man, KD ain't gonna play. We might have this. And they didn't have it drink. And they they didn't they was getting blown out for much of this game before they, you know, LeBron tried to bring him back late, but uh the Lakers got a lot of problems. Listen, and, uh, and and one thing I should have said when we was talking about it earlier, um well when I was talking about it earlier is the Lakers need to I don't know which one they need to trade faster. Either unadaptable Westbrook a broke dick Anthony Davis. Either way, they need to we, we gotta figure this out. We both of these dudes need to be traded for separate reasons, but they that they're just not cutting it. So I just I'm sorry, man. I just had to throw that out there. They oh, both cool. need to be no, traded. No, no, you good. I just said I see the chat's a little bit tonight. Appreciate y'all for being in there. But um yeah, uh, I, I at the beginning of the season I thought the Lakers would struggle early because it just just integrating way too many new pieces. So it's, it's obvious that it was going to take some time, but I don't think now I just, now I just don't think they're that good. And I think it's just, it's especially the injury to AD is just, I think it's like, that, that's going to kill them. And just AD also, it's almost, there might be something to this like idea that uh, AD, he got himself a ring. He did his thing in the bubble. And now like, what are we, uh you know, what are we even doing? You know? So they're in the ninth seed right now. Westbrook just, I never I never liked this fit between him and um, LeBron James. It just didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. But, like, the injury to AD now, like, this is just, this is a sinking ship. And LeBron, for all his heroics, and I still think he's playing great, mm-hmm. but um, th- this, th- this ain't going to work. 
this won't work. And no. then, um, look, Golden State, um, you know, we did see Golden State and Phoenix, and we saw them, what, like last week, a couple weeks ago, compelling matchup. This this right. seemed like a classic game where, like, okay, you it, almost like a boxing match. Like, okay, you won round one, round two, come around, okay, I'm coming back for it. Golden State got it. As of, as of right now, these are the best two teams. Maybe in ba- maybe in basketball period, you know I know Brooklyn's playing well. Utah's looking very good right now. They're on a hot streak, but um, this looked like, you know, this is pretty. This is a look like a Western Conference Finals matchup in the making. So plenty more to come here. And look, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Utah and Dallas, but like when you're the fifth, when you're the fifth game of the day, and you know it almost set the stage when like you know I think I turned on the parade for my daughter just to thought she might want to you know look at floats and something. And then, like, you have, you know, the the pregame crew come up there and, like, yeah, we got 13 hours of basketball coming at you. And I'm like, oh, man, like, 13 hours, that's a lot. Like, I just – I'm fatigued by the time I get to – I get to Dallas for Utah. It's just too much. So, I didn't – I didn't – and especially, like, Luca ain't playing. Uh, I don't know if I want to see that. So, I did not see it. But um, that was um, – it was a good day of basketball. But, like, it could have been so much better if we didn't have all these – not only health and safety, but also, you know, guys like Luca and, and Clay not being available. All right, so moving over to the NFL, we, we got the week 16 recaps. I mean, Thursday we kicked things off. Well, I said we kicked the week off. Green Bay Packers versus the Cleveland Browns. Last night we ended it with the Miami Dolphins defeating the, the New Orleans Saints 20-3, which me and Jay still wondering what the Saints was – Trying to do at the quarterback position, but that's neither here nor there. Um, Jay, what what stood out to you in between those two games? Uh, so hold on, hold on, I'm sorry, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't make the question clear enough. I'm sorry. So in between the, pa- the Packers and Browns playing to start the week, and then last night we had Miami and New Orleans ending the week. In between that, what game stood out to you? So I know I didn't have I didn't have the Browns Packers game marked, but just because we got uh, you know we for some reason I thought of it in the last segment. Um, I don't know how you could watch that game, and then just at the end of it conclude that like, oh yeah, Baker Mayfield they need to lock him up. He's the future. Like this was highly terrible. Four interceptions, and there could have been more. Like there could have been five, maybe six. You know so. I just, and it's not like, look, Nick Chubb, a very good offensive line, and I know they're dealing with injuries. I know I know Odell didn't, like, pan out out there, but you get Landry back for this game. Peoples-Jones is a pretty good receiver. Uh, he, got, he got good hit, chemistry with Rashard Higgins, for whatever that's worth. You got some tight ends. You pay Hooper a lot of money. Defensively, uh, look, you got some guys. You got Miles Garrett. You got Denzel Ward. Um, I don't think they're 100% healthy over there. But my point is, there's a lot of talent on this team. And it, it's just, it is ridiculous that they're 7 and 8 right now. There's just no way. Like, you're in last place in the AFC right. North. And look, at that game, there's probably plenty of like occasions where you can look at them and say, oh man, that won't Baker Mayfield's fault. Well, this this was Baker Mayfield's fault. You can't give the ball away that much and it not be your fault. So enough of that. Um, some quick hitters right here that I want to get to. Um, this has been in the making for a while. Uh, Philadelphia 
Philadelphia is now eight and seven. Uh, Jalen Hurts has had a heck of a year. Uh, I really like what they've done. And I got to say, like, I really I thought Philadelphia was going to be a joke this year. I really did. All the way up, it started with, like, Nick Sirianni coming in and tried to tell us that he had two starting quarterbacks and Carson Wentz and Jalen Hurts. And that like, right there, like, I, I hate when people, when you know, people get in the, at the microphone and just say, say stupid stuff. And that was, he's, that was stupid. But, look, Philadelphia, is, Philadelphia has performed well above expectations. Uh, in my in my mind, and you know Nick Sirianni, he, he's done well, and I think when he adjusted, you know, his offensive scheme to being more run centric and doing things that Jalen Hurts does well, I think that's been, been a uh, that that has served them very well. So I wanted to compliment Nick Sirianni because I was down on the Eagles beginning of the year. They they deserve a lot of credit. Uh, moving on, we got. Uh, Look, man. Look, I got three guys, three three teams down here at the bottom of the barrel, and they got a bunch of coal in the stocking for Christmas because they're terrible. Denver, get Vic Fangio out of here. It's over. This guy just ain't it. Look, you gave him a head coaching opportunity after you know fifty years coaching defense or whatever it is. This guy, um, he just don't seem to have it as a head coach. When I talk about you know game management, talking about managing timeouts, challenges, all these things that head coaches do. He don't have it. I wouldn't mind in the least if Denver brought him back to coach defense. I don't think you can do that. You can't demote a guy from head coach defensive coordinator. But he clearly knows how to coach defense. But as a head coach, it ain't it. Um, and it. Oh, by the way, Pat Shermer, your offense coordinator, he don't ever need to call. He don't need never let this man call plays on an NFL team ever again. Both of them, please get out of town. And then look, Dallas beating up on Washington, fifty-six fourteen. You cannot be known as the football team and put on that type of performance. You just can't. <laughs> so you need to find yourself a name. I know you've been waiting. Look, it, your name, your lack of a name has been, has spanned almost the pandemic. So get a name, get one quick, fast, in a hurry. And if you can't get one in the next six in the next six days, Dan Snyder needs to be just ran out of the city and ran out of the league. That is a complete and utter joke. I am convinced if Ron Rivera wasn't coaching that team, they would have about two wins at this point. And somehow they got six because they're awful. And then, look, speaking of awful, did you watch Monday Night Football last night? And if you did, you would have saw something that was not an NFL quarterback. And that would be oh Ian Book. I don't know what – yeah. that's the type of thing. Look, Sean Payton, please explain to us what you saw in Ian Book in college at Notre Dame. That made you believe, oh man, this dude's worth a shot in the dark. We'll draft him and we'll, you know, get him in here and get it going. No. Hey, Miami embarrassed him. It's like all the way up to the point where Ian Book, the last player of the game, this dude rolls all the way out to the right. He stops. He just stops just short of like being out of bounds, as he did multiple times last night. And he just throws the ball to the other team. That was that, that was, I know it's Miami. I know they're hot. But God, that was just a despicable display of quarterback play. I've seen enough of Ian Book. Closing on up. Next chapter. First of all, I mean, I agree with you for the most part. But I just wanted to be known that Ian Book is a college football playoff quarterback at Notre Dame. I just want to throw that out there. And I think he was drafted in like the, the fifth round or something. Either way. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Of, uh, yeah, he's part of those Notre Dame teams that make a playoff and then just that—that's the end of the story. Yeah. Listen, you got—they say you got to put him in the same groups with the Tours and the Mac Jones 
and the Kyler Murrays and, and the Baker Mayfields, all these guys that make it to the playoffs. They're all the same, they say. Either way, on to um, more pressing matters here. Um, I'm going to start out with the Colts and um, uh, the Cardinals. Uh, here's the deal. You know, when this season, when we started this season, right, and we was talking about teams that we thought was going to win their division and teams we thought was going to do good, and one of the teams we thought that was going to go and shake it up in the AFC this year was going to be the Indianapolis Colts. We felt like with Carson Wentz coming over, hooking back up with his main man, Frank Wright, they was going to get that settled because we already knew what the defense was going to do. We already knew what the offensive line was going to look like. Yeah, wide receiver call leave a little to be desired, but it's some guys there. I'm not going to sit here like they, you know, Jacksonville or something, but it's, you know. Um, so, as as we talked about that, right, and then the coach started playing, and then it wasn't looking that hot. And then, you know, you had Carson Wentz kind of up and down, and, you know, and I remember being like, yo, is this my luck that Carson Wentz coming to a ready-made team? He come into the stole talk dressing over here, and he can't make a meal? We not going to be able to make a meal? Fast forward to now. The Colts looking more like the team I thought they was going to be. I think they looking more like the team that we all thought at the beginning of the year. You know, a team that um, should represent the AFC South. A team that should be, you know, somewhat of a contender. I mean, listen, it's a lot going on there with the, with the Colts. They just got to get it together. I think in the past couple of weeks they have gotten together. Now, the reason this specific game got my attention is because Arizona is a team, for the most part, that we feel like going to make some noise in the NFC once they get their run defense fixed. But, I, by the way, their run defense was a lot better when Jones came back. I just thought. But, with that said... I looked at that game last night, and I said, well, let me see what you got, um, Indianapolis. They came out. I thought they played a pretty good game. And, and, and in the beginning of it, the Cardinals kind of made it look like it was going uh, to be a long night for the, for the Colts. But they fought. Defense kept them in the game. Uh, I thought they, they kind of got Kyler Murray to make some, some bonehead mistakes, I thought, in that game. And they end up with the win. But I just have, I got to give a shout-out to the Colts, man, because they started off rough. They was kind of like the Chiefs. Start off, we didn't know what we was going to get. And then, all of a sudden, they start getting their feet underneath them. Um, the second game I like to talk about is the uh, Buffalo Bills. They defeated the New England Patriots 33-21. Listen, um, I think we both thought that when they played the second installment of this game, the Bills was, was going to win because we felt like, well, you, you specifically felt like the weather was a big deal in the first game. Um, me, personally, I, I just felt like for young quarterbacks, when they get to play a good team at a certain time, they get away with a lot of things. But if that team see you again, they will wear, wear you out and figure it out. And I just think Buffalo kind of figured them out. He didn't look like the same Mac Jones we got in game one. So... So, <laughs> I don't think um, wants to hear this right now. But you know, we, gotta, we gotta give it to him, man. That's like it is, man. So, <laughs> that's true. That's very true. He did. Um, but I, you know, I don't. I'm, I'm gonna be real, man. I ain't just saying this because Stone in the chat. But you know, I don't. I don't think. I mean, it is what it is. I think the Bills needed to win this game for they, their sake. And I don't think it does anything as far as the Patriots go. I think the Patriots still own, uh, control their own destiny. And, and I think 
at the end of the day, you know, the Bills, the Bills really needed this win because I was starting to wonder about these motherfuckers. You know what I'm saying? I was about to start wondering, you know. So I, I was glad that they got that. Um, <laughs> uh, and then my, the, the next game, Tampa Bay Bucks uh, defeated the Carolina Panthers 32-6. Listen, I'm going to be – I'm going to be quite honest. I was damn surprised to see this result. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, I, di I just didn't think Antonio Brown and Grunt would be enough. I didn't think Ronald Jones and and um, the other running back name is me, but Keyshawn Vaughn, there we go. Um, I, I just didn't think them dudes was going to do enough in the backfield, and I thought Tom Brady was going to struggle, um, to be honest with you. Phew, boy, was I wrong. I mean, I didn't, I mean, Carolina right now, they are a little soup kitchen sandwich right now. They are here looking real Salvation Army like. Um, I, they can go ahead and pack it up. This, you know what I'm saying? Make a wish foundation. I got a wish. Let's go ahead and pack Carolina on up. Um, let's go and get them up out of here. That's the wish I got. Because if they ain't even going to try, which they don't seem like they trying all that much, then. You know, that's going to get them off TV. We, we ain't got time for a three-headed monster when two of the three heads. Are you kidding me right now? Like, this whole Cam Newton and P.J. Walker and um, Sam Darnold thing. I got Sam Darnold and Cam Newton. I got those two. You know, one was a starting quarterback at the beginning of the season, and you brought another one in to be a starting quarterback. I got it. Where the hell do P.J. Walker fit in all this? What are we doing? Where the hell do he fit in at? But, you know, whatever. It is what it is. I just want to put Sean a little light on that game because I, I was very surprised that the Tampa Bay Buck came through and really whomped them like that with all the things they got going on within their own team. I was very surprised to see that. But like you said, they a soup sandwich. Um, the Chiefs still doing AFC crowning things as they went up there and just smacked up the Steelers right quick. You know what I'm saying? Now, they had to get back and enjoy their lunch because that's how fast that was. They want to smack them up and got up on out of that. But... Yeah, man, those was the three games and a half, I say, three games and a half that I seen and the my, my highlights of the NFL weekend. All right, so standing in the NFL, you know, our favorite uh, underachieving NFL team. Well, it might not be our favorite, but we got a correspondent that says more. Um, they, they finally got rid of the, their, their former head coach, Urban Meyer. I heard he a pretty good kick out here. Shouts out to Josh Lambeau. Um, but with that said, we, we found out that we have two new candidates that's um, scheduled to be interviewed. And then we have some other candidates that um, have requested access. Uh, well, I guess got approved access for them to interview for the job. The two that, that got the scheduled interviews, Doug Peterson and Kim, uh, Jim Caldwell. Um, the others that uh, got access for the vacancy, Byron Leftwich. The OC for Tampa Bay, uh, Ty Bowles, the the DC for Tampa Bay, Kellen Moore, the OC for the Cowboys, Dan Quinn, the DC for the Cowboys, Nathaniel Hackett, the OC for. Did he say Packers? Packers was right? it the Packers? I think yeah. And then Matt Everflus, which is Colts um, DC. Colts. All right, so tried, yes, almost. You did good. I, uh, I almost got it out there. Um, <laughs> listen, I put that pressure on myself, and then I just came short. Uh, either way, um, those are your guys, Jay. So the question is simple: Out of these guys, 
Who would you hire? Who who would be the best fit for this job and why? Well, I, you know, first of all, I just have to say that you were uh, you're pretty kind of Jacksonville with that uh, that opening soliloquy because I think uh, underachieving is probably the the most complimentary thing anyone will say have will have said about them. But that would mean that you had expectations for them. And it's hard to believe that anybody would based off what we've seen this year. But having said that, look, they're looking for a new coach uh, because Urban Meyer, they thought he was the guy, paid him a lot of money. And then after, what, 13 games, um, they're like, nope, this is just this is this is terrible. And it's uh, we 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 uh, we said it was Freddie Kitchens esque and maybe worse right. than Freddie Kitchens, because at least he right. coached the full season. Right. So, look, I got to say, look, with all these names out there and there's a lot of them and they're being Seems like they're going to be thorough and um, talk to a lot of people. They're, they're looking at, you know, I like how they zoomed in on a couple of NFC teams who have some things clicking for them and the Cowboys and the Buccaneers looking at both of their coordinators. I, I'll give you a top three because I think there's some, there's some good choices here. I would say I'd go my top chick, my top choice would be Todd Bowles, the Bucks defensive coordinator. Um, I've been singing his praises for a long time now, particularly after what his defense was able to do against Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs in that Super Bowl. And uh, I don't know if their defense has been quite as good this year, but they've had just injuries up the wazoo, particularly in the secondary. And then lately, their linebacking core has been just decimated. Levante David being out, uh, Shaq Barrett, I think he sprained his knee on Sunday, and then Jason Pierre-Paul didn't play in that game either. So it's down to Devin White. But yet, I mean, look, with all that being said, they still hold the Panthers. You know, I know <laughs> the Panthers, they, 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 the Panthers got twice as many points as they have quarterbacks, but that's still not good because they score six points. So that's, it's just terrible. But anyway, Todd Bowles, my pick number one, <laughs> I go Todd Bowles. He's been a head coach before. I know it was the New York Jets and I know, you know, he, I, I don't think he, I don't think he made the playoffs, but look, the Jets were re- I remember the Jets being respectable, and um, that's about all you can hope for with the New York Jets. I think Robert Sala is learning that right now. It's uh, that's 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 a tough place to to get it done. But I go Todd Bowles for a second. I go Jim Caldwell. Caldwell's been a coach twice before. He's got a history of success. He coached the Detroit Lions for several years. Probably shouldn't have got fired from there. Um, they had you know they weren't the, the best team in the NFL. But look, he was. The Lions were having winning seasons under him, so I think that's a huge accomplishment. So those two guys would be my, my – I think those are the best two candidates available. Uh, I think they're both of them could bring, will bring the right type of culture because it's got, it's got to be a culture thing that they got to get fixed after this season that's just been a joke. And then just – I mean, I, I like Doug Marone, and, uh, but, I mean, it's just like they needed a stronger they – needed, they needed more authority, more structure – and uh, look like Doug Marone just out there getting ran over by these guys. So those are my top two picks. I think Byron Leftwich is a good wild card. You know, I, pl- I place him at third. Uh, and especially, you know, he played in Jacksonville. So, um, you know, that'd be kind of like a feel-good story. But um, at this point, I think it's a little – I think it'd be a little bit too much to make him a head coach right now. This is a guy who just seems like he's burst on the scene as a coach lately. Um, look, he had the 30 for 30 James Winston special out there, and now he's had Tom Brady. So, um, look, I, I just think, like, I, I'd like to see Byron Leftwich do more as an offensive coordinator. I'd like to see, can we get a, a real successful season out of Byron Leftwich uh, with a quarterback not named Tom Brady? Because I don't know if 30 interceptions is quite what I'm looking for. But I think he is an up-and-coming star in this league from the coaching ranks. 
And I think um, my, my, my dream scenario, what I think would be just fantastic, I don't know if you could do it, you bring Ty Bowles in as your head coach and bring Byron Leftwich in as your offensive coordinator. And that would be a, that'd be a huge blow to Tampa Bay and what Bruce Arians is doing there. But um, I think that's the best Jacksonville could do is get both of them. You let Bowles run the team, he can run the defense, and let Byron Leftwich just focus on that offense because that's what you got to do. You got to – this year has been a complete waste of time for guys like Trevor Lawrence uh, because I don't drink. Me and you, I think, rightfully so, had questions about Trevor Lawrence coming out of Clemson because all right. the smoke and all the, like, the hype and all that, you know, it just seemed way over the top to me. But at the same time, like, there's probably a lot of people who are pretty low on Trevor Lawrence right now, but I'm going to be consistent. I'm going to be even killed and say, like, how can you evaluate a guy based on this season? This guy is out here throwing the people. Like, his best wide receiver right now might be Laquan Treadwell who was a first round pick couldn't even find couldn't find the field and now like he's the Jacksonville's got him because um that's just what they're down to it's Laquan it's Laquan Treadwell and what Tavon Austin you know it's just a couple it wasn't not long ago that like their best receiver was uh the tight end they traded for from Carolina Dan Arnold how is that even what are they even doing? Like, can we get a draft that like, and uh, you know, a Jacksonville correspondent did some work, like just, you know, uh, kind of deep diving on their inept draft classes lately. They just can't, uh, the bigger, the, the question is, do they have the right GM? Like that's a, that's a huge question before you get into the coaches. So I've told you what I think of the coaches search. I gave you my top three. The problem is, do they have the right general manager who can get this right? I don't know if you can, so but I think those are I think those are the best three candidates available. I think Hackett and Eberfluss down the line uh, might be good candidates, but I'm gonna tell you like now nah, Kellen Moore way too soon. You can keep running that Dallas offense, but I need to see a lot more before I want to give you the keys um, to an NFL franchise. And uh, look, I know Doug Peterson is a Super Bowl winning coach. I know Dan Quinn was almost a Super Bowl winning coach. I know all this, but uh, they just got fired like 10 minutes ago. So, I, you know, I don't, I'm trying, I'm getting more and more away from, or trying to get more and more away from retreads. I know you can say Caldwell and Bowles are retreads, but um, I think they'd be more suited and better suited to come in and get this culture fixed than any of these other candidates on the list. I think Caldwell or uh, Bowles are your, your best options right now. So, is it? Could we say a possible GM search could come out of this as well? I don't. I don't think so. I think they've already think said so? that. I don't think so. But I think they've already said uh, that Trent Baalke's staying around as a general manager. So I think. I think that ship has sailed. It's so good to be a general manager. What, what was the name of that general manager that let um, um, Andrew Luck die out there on the field before oh, they decided to fire him? Right. Ryan Grigson, yeah. I thought you was going to take me to Chicago where another Ryan no. is Ryan Pace, but, uh <laughs> Nah, yeah. nah, man. I feel like, you know, shouts out to Andrew Luck, man. I feel like he had more in the tank. Um, Are you so, making an Andrew Luck, Trevor Lawrence early parallel? No, I, I thought Andrew Luck was the goods coming out of college. Right, right, I, I right. Really but, be, uh, I believe. But I think, I think that I know it's really early, but you could almost maybe see some parallels to where, because the Colts, Ryan Grigson ruined oh. Andrew Luck. 
long like but, I think that that is fair. But like the early thing, like that's my that's where I'm at with Trevor Lawrence right now. And they, they this ain't over. They can get this they can get this fixed if they hire the right people. But like this this first year has been a waste. And if you continue on this, Trevor Lawrence will be the biggest bust in NFL history. He will. True. Now, what I will say about Trevor Lawrence compared to Andrew Luck is Trevor Lawrence is going through a, a lot of rookie quarterbacks have gone through. Like, a, just a disastrous, you know, crap show of a first season and whatnot. Maybe not to coach getting fired, but hey, um, what happened with the Chargers? Same thing, Justin Herbert. His coach got fired in his first, you know, first year. He played pretty decently, and he still got fired. Um, and the thing about Andrew Luck was, Andrew Luck was making deep runs into the playoffs, too. You got to remember, he was in, like, the AFC Championship game. So, he was taking a lot of punishment past when a normal, you know, rookie quarterback or second-year quarterback would take because they, they probably wouldn't get that deep into the postseason like he was doing. So, either way, um, I just want you know, take that little jab at the GM. Uh, so, when I when I look at this, this hierarchy, man, I, I think – like we talked about, man, my hierarchy most likely will be Jim Caldwell, Byron Leftwich, and then Ty Bowles. And the, and the reason being, um, well, you know what? Let me tell you why I go ahead and discount these other ones. Uh, Doug Peterson, that crap you pulled last year at the end of the season, well, we, we might need to open up an email investigation on YouTube. So we're going to let you sit over there and cool down a little bit because um, it was some stuff that happened at the end of last year where I'm just like, I don't, I don't know, man. If this was if it, if this was a boxing fight, I would have to say this is rigged. It, it's something going on here. Go check that referee books. Um, Kellen Moore. To your point about Kellen Moore, you know what I'm saying. The guy seemed like he know what he's doing on the offense side of the board. Very young guy, but at the end of the day, in your words, what have you done outside of had Dak, Dak Prescott and I mean. Granted, when you got other quarterbacks, they didn't look like world beaters. So, I mean, we ain't going to sit over here and be like, hey, Kellen Moore, the quarterback whisperer. Now, if you want to say Dallas offense is doing pretty, you know, above average with him as a coordinator, absolutely. I don't, I don't disagree with that. But he hasn't shown me nothing. Dan Quinn, man, if you'll sit your oop down and coach that defense for another two seasons before you come popping your head back up. Talking about a head coaching job, man. You ain't just see what what how that, your tenure ended with the Falcons. You better knock it off. It was just yesterday, so you can't forget it. You better knock it off, Dan Quinn. We're gonna need you to sit on down. And then Hackett and Evil Flush, like you said, man. This is why I was I couldn't even get them out smooth enough because I'm just like, how long? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, how long have these guys been doing that? Like, you know, because. I done heard of Everflux before, but, you know, not for a head coaching job. And, you know what I'm saying, hack it. I'm, I'm, be, I'm just going to keep it real. I was like, what, what to? So, um, them, them guys are out of here just because I don't think they got enough cachet. I don't think they got the resume. I don't think they done enough to necessarily to give you a better case of why they should be the head coach in, in front of the likes of Caldwell, Bowles, even Peterson at this point. I, I don't think those guys have done enough. Now, to my pecking order, Jim Caldwell. The reason I would say Jim Caldwell overall, if if you telling me, hey, I need a 10-year plan, then I ain't taking Jim Caldwell. He's he, he a little bit up there. But if you're just saying, hey, hey, sign him to, you know, let's say a four-year contract. 
just to get the program going in the right direction, and then you got another another guy you want to go get a little later down the road, I'm with that. Because I feel like this. A lot of these organizations need an administrator, or, or for lack of word, they need somebody that, like, not every organization going to have a, a Mike Tomlin, you know, Rooney type of relationship where, like, this organization only had four coaches. And this dude got, he is what you got. And everything running through him. And don't get me wrong, I, thought, I know Mike Tomlin had some bad looks. But the thing is, he's the only one that's had to worry about the looks. He's been running that team for so long. You only dealing with one guy that understands how to be an administrator. That's that's the best way I could put it. If you don't understand what I mean, if you just go follow how what Mike Tomlin has been doing with Pittsburgh, yeah, some stuff is gonna it's gonna get off the rails a little bit because these are professionals that get, they get paid a lot of money. However. He always kept that train going. That is what I think Jacksonville need. And that is why I like Jim Caldwell in this spot. Because I think he's a guy that he can take the heat, rub it off a little bit, and reflect it out in a better manner, which will give you a better product. And I like that. That's why I look at it when I look at Jim Caldwell. My number two, Byron Leftwich. Now, you gave the background in your explanation, so I ain't going to go over the background again. I just think... If you're going to bring in a young guy, out of all these guys I see, this is the best of the young guys, in my opinion, if you're going to bring in one. He fits your bill or what you want to do as far as selling him as the future. Hell, you only got five dudes in the ring of honor. He won them, I think. So, like, maybe, hey, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just jobbing. I'm just jobbing. Um, you got Maurice Jones Drew and, like, another five team behind him. That's about it. Like, so... <laughs> I'm joking, but he might get up there real soon while messing around. Like, it ain't like you got a whole lot of other options. So, I think, you know, you bring him in, a guy that played quarterback for the franchise, a guy that won with the franchise, a guy, you know, that had done a lot of things. Now, he has a, you know, he is a Super Bowl winning offensive coordinator now. And, you know, maybe he makes something else happen again. You know, get deep off in the playoffs again. How good would that be for the Jacksonville to be able to call a coach back that they can really call their own? Like, all the losing they didn't done, we have a somewhat successful coach that we can say was here, our guy, bring him on in. We got, can you rub some of that winning off on us, man? You know, so you bring him in. That's why I got him as my number two. And then number three, man, listen, um, for Ty Bowles, it's, it's like this, what you said. Did he get the fairest of all fair shakes the first time around? I don't know. It depends on who you talk to. But what I can say about Ty Bowles is this. I like when a guy messed up, right? Even though it wasn't all on him. But he went to New York, he failed. He left New York. And now you fast forward to now, he's defense coordinator on a, on a Bruce Arian. And it seems like he embraced the fact that he didn't get it right the first time. He's learning. The players seem to like him. Oh, by the way, he's one of those older guys that probably got a cachet. He got a resume behind him. Um, my only thing is, is, like I said, the reason I got him third is because I don't, I don't know yet. I guess I just don't know if with, with me saying all that, what if, you know, 
he were to go to another friend. Because you could, you could ask yourself this. What is the grave difference between being the head coach of the New York Jets and the head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars? What's the grave difference? You still going into an inferior organization with inferior – well, we, it should be NFL ta- talent, but I'm going to say inferior talent, um, probably inferior coaching staff, and a laughing stock of whatever the, uh, conference you in. So – it, it makes it almost makes me wonder, like, if Tybo's get that job again, will he do the same exact shit? I mean, same exact thing. So, I don't, I don't necessarily think so because he's more experienced. He learned more. He he understand what he did wrong. But that's why I got him number three on my list. So yeah, man. If I had to, uh, you know, get a job today, it'll go to Jim Caldwell. And if Jim Caldwell told me no, I say, hey, Leftwich, how you feeling about that? Oh, no to you too. Hey, Bowles, how you feeling about that? No to you two. All right, we're moving the team over to uh, London. And then that'll be that. So, <laughs> so <laughs> those are my three, man. Those are my three candidates. All right, we move on to the world of college football. This is what we've been waiting for. As you can tell, he's over there making a fire right now. Heat it on yeah. up. So, um, yeah. the college football playoff gets underway on Friday with the uh, Alabama Crimson Tide bringing in the number one ranking, and they'll play the only undefeated team in the playoff in their fourth seed, the Cincinnati Bearcats. And then uh, in the second game, the two versus three matchup will be uh, the Big Ten champs, the Michigan Wolverines, against the second SEC team uh, in the playoff, the Georgia Bulldogs. Drink, break it down for us. All right, so just like you said, in the first playoffs, what, 3.30 um, on, on ESPN, um, you got, you know, number one seed, Alabama Crimson Tide, the SEC champs. And then you, you're going against the number four seed, Cincinnati Bearcats, the AAC champs. AAC champs, yep. Oh, yeah, the AAC. No, I was going to give them credit. No, I was going to give them credit. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to give them credit. You know what I'm saying? You know, I'm, I'm going to do it right. Um... So, with that game going off at 3.30, listen, folks, um, here's the deal. And I, I, and I think we've seen a little of this when Alabama played Georgia. I'm not saying Cincinnati is not a good team. Hell, I'm even going to tell you, hell, if we was going to put a group of five team in, let it be Cincinnati. They deserve it. Why not? Welcome to the party. Now what you're going to do. And the problem with this is, do I think Cincinnati got a chance to win? Yes. Any team that plays has a chance to win. But Georgia also had a chance to win. And the reason I bring up Georgia is because the reason I think Alabama played Georgia the way they played them is because who you play and how you play them matters. And Cincinnati, like, okay, prime example today. When Houston beat Auburn in the Birmingham Bowl, the Birmingham Bowl. I wonder how excited Auburn was to be in the Birmingham Bowl, being that they're from the state of Alabama. Well, either way, so you had that game happen today. Houston wins that game. Now the the storyline is where Houston beat an Auburn team that Alabama had to go into like four overtimes to beat, and it's just inaccurate, folks. Houston did beat Auburn. Alabama did go into four overtimes with Auburn. Two different Auburn teams, though. Like you, you better knock it off. These dudes didn't opt out of the game and everything. Like, 
their best player's not even playing in this game. I fast forward to the point I was making was, I, I just don't, I don't, Notre Dame is the only team on that on their schedule where I'm like, okay, that was the Division One talent right there. Okay, I give them that. That was a legit win. I look at these other teams. I I, I guess I throw a bone with Indiana, but Indiana turned out not even be that good this year. But I I, I look at those other teams and I'm like, well, well, give me, show me the Texas A&M. You know what I'm saying? Sh- show me, show me the Georgia. Show me the you know the Arkansas of the group. Arkansas. Let me let me let me bring in Arkansas. So Arkansas is significant because of this. Arkansas runs a defense, the three three five defense, right? This is also the defense that Cincinnati runs. Now, I think it's gonna be very very problematic for Cincinnati if they do that because they just, my personal opinion, they don't have the athletes that's gonna be able to grind it. I think first quarter, second quarter, third quarter. I think. First quarter, you might be fine when everything is scripted. But they don't have the athletes Arkansas had. And as you've seen, that defense will get you behind really fast if you can't move the ball. And I'm not I'm not quite sure. I know people like to clown on Alabama defense. It ain't as good as it used to be. And I got it. But it ain't terrible either. I'll, I'll tell you right now, like, it's, it's a good defense. Yeah, the, the, the secondary jacks up. They do. It is what it is. I don't know if you got the talent to make them jack up, though. I just keep it real. Like I looked at the Georgia game, as much talent as they got, they didn't have the talent to make them really jack up. That when they scored, it wasn't all busted plays. They just throw the ball and scored. I'm looking at Cincinnati, and I'm wondering. I love their secondary with, with old Sauce Gardner and the, and the other guy. Their secondary is legit. That is like what well, that's NCAA first team All American stuff right there. But. You need to, you need a little more than two cornerbacks. I'm telling you that right now. You gonna need a little more than that. Um, and the only thing I can tell, the only thing I can say about this game to, to to keep it real is, if Alabama comes in now, focus, playing that game. This this is gonna be over quick. If they come in there flopping around, reading the newspaper clippings, and listening to everybody saying, "Are you kidding me? This team don't have what maybe three four stars on it." You have nothing but four and five stars. You should smoke them with your B team. And that's the same crap they roll in there against Auburn. And you see how that turned out. So, I'm, I think Alabama is the team that will beat Alabama just because, listen, they're getting healthy. Run, so, we're going to have a run game. The offensive line is set now. We know what, what we're going to do with the offensive line. Yeah, no John Mitchell. I'm going to be honest with you. I ain't losing no sleep about that. Well, we still got Jamison Williams. We still got Jaleel Bisley. We still got Cam Latou. And those are the guys that, you know, we still got the, uh, the, the Slay Bowdens of the world. We only have to, technically, we only have to replace one receiver. And I, I think I got a good feeling who the one receiver is going to be. Oh, maybe the guy that caught the game-winning catch at Auburn. I mean, the guy that got us in the overtime at Auburn. Maybe that guy might just be the receiver. But doesn't need a hill nor that. So, I look at all that. I mean, I get what people saying. Well, well, Alabama lost their their supposedly number one receiver. I think we can say he was number two, and and the Cincinnati strength is their cornerbacks. That's going to be problematic. Why? Why would that be problematic? Bryce Young just going to do a lot of checkdowns. What else you got for me? So, um, not to harp on that one because I, I I don't 
I think Alabama's gonna win this one pretty comfortably. I don't I don't think this is gonna be like as tight as people are looking at it. I'm gonna say 35-17 as the end of score. Um I, I think we, we take care of business here. The one that, that really need a little talk to is number two, the number two Michigan Wolverines, the Big Ten champs, and the number three Georgia Bulldogs, that large bid. Um so that's the game, I think. That's the game that got me like, <sighs> I don't, I don't quite know because Michigan has shown with with McLemore and and, uh, and the other quarterback, they play like somewhat of a like a. I don't think they do this on purpose. Maybe they do do it on purpose, but like a two quarterback like set where they got the running quarterback and the passing quarterback, and they play them frequently. And my thing is. Mm, Michigan, Michigan has to run the ball. That's how, that's their key to success. Georgia had made it very clear, even against Alabama, you're not running the ball unless your offensive line is just the the God's honest truth, and we can't get our linebackers back there at all. And I'm I'm here to say I just don't think that's gonna happen. I don't think no team can stop Georgia from getting back there and stopping the run. I, I just I'm just gonna keep it real. Now. To, to the point that I made when when after championship week. How do you beat Georgia? You have to throw it over the top of their head. I don't know if Michigan got the, the, the dudes to throw it over the top of their head. They got some dudes to make a play or two. But I'm looking at McLemore and his other quarterback. I'm like, yeah, they can make some plays. But when I watched them play Iowa, they was doing a lot of like, trick plays and mix misdirection and all that. And that can get you in trouble really, really fast if you do that against Georgia. Because you don't connect on them plays, what they're going to do is get the ball and keep running on you, keep running on you. And I know you're just saying to yourself, Jay, you like, drink. Well, Michigan got to play defense too. And you're absolutely right. So, with with that said, um, you know, we know Michigan got a hell of a pass rush with, with A.D. Hutchinson and, and I think the guy named – a juvie or that the the guy that like directly on the other side, he's pretty good too. He don't get the accolades, but he's pretty good. He's um, not a Heisman finalist. Right, he's not a Heisman finalist, but he, he, he's a damn good pass rusher. I give him that. Um so that pass rush is good. Well, I think Georgia could really I think the offense line can really move the inside of Michigan's defense line. And I'm not saying like Michigan defense line is trash. It's just it's a Big Ten defense line. I think this SEC offensive line can move it when need be. And I ain't trying to be disrespectful. That's just what I think. I think that big the biggest thing is this for Michigan. Disrupt Stetson Bennett. That's all that's pretty simple. Get in his way. Do not let him look at Brock Bowles all day. Cause that's that's where he throw the ball to nine, nine times out of ten. So don't let him see Brock balls. And I think you get Stetson Bennett on out of here. Like think about when when Alabama played Georgia. One of the interceptions he threw, and I I I feel definitive about this, even though like my argument, I can't fully prove it. But I think both of the interceptions he threw in that game, both passes was going to Brock balls. And. He did the same exact thing last year. So when I went back and looked at the tape last year, he gets stuck on one receiver. He does this a lot. Last year was Jermaine Burton, number seven. This year is Brock Balls. So it sort of made me wonder, if you just figure out who he locked on, I think Cesar Bennett is a pretty, 
pretty easy to um, calm down here. Uh, now, I also think it's a chance we see both quarterbacks for Georgia. Stetson and JT Daniels. I think it's a chance we see both quarterbacks because I think Stetson is going to get in trouble with that whole locking on the wide receivers stuff and all that. And I think Michigan is going to force um, Curry Smart to change quarterbacks. And it might be enough to give him the win. I'm going to say I got Georgia winning. 24, 20, I say 24-23. It's like some last-minute stuff here. 24-23, I give it to Georgia. Um, I think at the end of the day, their defense will make enough stops um, to, to stop Michigan offense, and I think Michigan will have a problem corralling their run game when it gets going. So I'm going to give it to get at the Georgia, and which will evidently put Alabama and Georgia in the rematch um, for the national championship, and, and then we'll, we'll see where we go from there. But, yeah, man, that's how I see both of them games. I see Alabama winning pretty comfortably, and then I see Georgia winning in a tight I think, um, I think in, at its lowest point, or at its most simplest point, you look at both of these games and you say, do Cincinnati and Michigan, can they compete at the line of scrimmage on both sides? I think that's what you ask yourselves. To me, uh-huh. if Cincinnati, you know, if they can hold up, if an AAC offensive and defensive line can hold up, then Cincinnati will be in the game. I, st- I don't think they win the game because of that. But they'll make it somewhat competitive and they'll, you know, they'll be in the game. And think about this, what we've seen lately. Like, I don't think Cincinnati, for me, there, there's a whole lot of expectations for them because I, I don't know, man. You, I'd have to look at this, but I, I'm not recalling lately the last time a four seed did anything special. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, for Oklahoma for years was the four seed that just – they flopped around, won the Big Twelve, and then just got knocked out. They just got knocked out of here. I think Alabama was the last four seed to to win the title that year. Well, they, they came in with two losses. Yeah, or, they beat no, one Clemson. loss, but one loss, but they weren't the. Uh, they didn't make the, the title game and all that. But right. that, oh, that was when George. The last time George and Bama made it, right? Okay. Right, right, right. So, uh, but like, I don't, I don't think Cincinnati has a lot of expectations. The one thing I will say, like, if you're saying. Um, Oh yeah, uh, Alabama barely beat Auburn and all this stuff, and you know Auburn lost to Houston. Like, you're not like you're not paying attention because <laughs> and all these people. Like, I know this is a little bit off topic, but you brought it up, so I I do want to. I think it does tie. Do you in. think? Do you Look, think the what the SEC is like zero and three in bowl games or something so far, and like oh the right. SEC like okay, <sighs> that doesn't matter at all. Like. Let me tell you this, like if Cincinnati, if Cincinnati played Alabama and it wasn't a playoff game, Cincinnati, you, a lot of people might pick Cincinnati to win because the SEC don't care about bowl games that are not the playoffs. I think that's fair to say. Like right. Auburn down here and I don't even know what bowl they play in Houston in. The, I'm not the, Bur- the Birmingham, it was the Birmingham Bowl. Birmingham Bowl. Okay, so you have that. But, like, these teams simply – and you talked about, it, like, you got people opting out um, and all these other things. Like, teams – and we saw it with Central Florida, you know, for a couple of years. When they were on there, like, the, you know, oh, we're the national champions. No, you're not. But they was winning, you know, these big-time bowl games. Like, yeah, we can do it. So, uh, I don't know, man. But I think the – again, the offensive and defensive lines. If, Al- if Alabama just comes in and pushes these guys around – 
then uh, this going to be, it'll be, it'll be a bloodbath. But uh, if Cincinnati can hold up, you know, and compete up front and they don't just get ran off the ball on both sides, they'll be in the game. Uh, and I will say, I think, um, I think the, I'm looking at the line as being 13 and a half. I think that's pretty generous to Cincinnati. I think that's respectful because they are an AAC team. The thing I will say, and it's to Bama, and this is like, we talk about this quite a bit when we talk about Alabama and Nick Saban is, are they going to be ready? Are they going to be focused? I, I, I'm going to say yes, because it's the playoffs and I don't see how you could not be focused, but since it's a group of five team, you know, are you feeling yourself a little bit too much? Cause if you are Cincinnati will be in the game because the one thing I will say about Cincinnati, and I think you'd agree with me, they're not going to beat themselves. Like you're going to have to beat them because you don't go 13 and 0 and have all the success they had last year by just being, you know, you're not at, you're not here pussyfooting around. You know, I know you don't like their schedule and I get all that. You got Notre Dame and then there's no other impressive wins because you play in the AAC. I understand, but they're, they're not going to beat themselves. They're well coached. And I'm going to say this, Cincinnati's got the second best quarterback in the playoff in Desmond Ritter. So I think that matters. But um, look, I think I think you're about right. I think Alabama does take care of this. I think it. Uh, if I had to pick, I'd say uh, I think it'd be a little bit more high scoring. I'll probably I'll probably say about uh, you know, forty-one twenty-four somewhere in there. But um, look, I think uh, uh, you'd have to have some real guts to pick Cincinnati to win this game, and I don't. I don't have it, and I you know I'm not picking against Bryce Young. I'm not doing it. I, I do think the the second game is really intriguing, but I. I think it's the same question though. Just it's instead of an AAC team against the SEC team is can a bit, like you said, can a big 10 offensive defensive line, can they hold up? And I think the key, I think the key is like you say, can Michigan run the ball? If Michigan can run the ball, I think they, they have a great chance, but if they can't run the ball and they have to throw it, then they no, Cause now McNamara, I don't think he's getting it done. I just, but the thing is, like, this is a matchup where I would probably take the under in this game because I don't think either team has the quarterback to get it done. The thing is, I think uh, if Michigan can't run the ball, can their defense, do they have the defensive line to stay in it and make it about, you know, because if, if, you, have, if you have a situation where Michigan's getting pushed around on when their defense is on the field and it's just Zamir White, this way and James Cook this way and they're just doing whatever then and you don't and like look like I was saying when Alabama played Georgia you're gonna have to make Stetson Bennett beat you and if you take the run game away and you make it about Stetson Bennett I don't think he gonna be able to get it done against Alabama Um, so that's the key look if Michigan's offense and the defensive lines can hold up then you make it about the quarterbacks and then in that case whichever quarterback does not make the mistakes their team will win the game in the end, I have a hard time picking against Georgia. I think, um, you know, we talked about this a little bit. We ran down their schedule and like, man, this defense, best defense we ever see in our lives. And then we're like, oh man, they they, they didn't play no quarterbacks really. Uh, when we saw Bryce Young, <laughs> light them on up. You know, but this is the same thing, Drink. I mean, K McNamara, he ain't, this ain't, ain't nothing to write home. I told you, I mean it. Desmond Ritter's better than both of these guys which is a shame because if Georgia or Michigan had Desmond Ritter, then I think we'd have, we'd have something to talk about come to final. But um, mm. no, I think, uh, I think Georgia will win this game um, and we will have a rematch just like we had a rematch in 2018, I believe. Um, but I think this is a case like 
overall, again, you can, and you look, whoever's, Danny Cannell and whoever else think they're an expert, like, oh, yeah, you know, bowl game. If you're, if you're making, you know, assessments based off the first two weeks of bowl games that no one cares about, then you're not serious. Like, the SEC going to get judged off what they do right here, and we're going to have an all-SEC final, and I guess everybody can weep about it. That's not an SEC fan because that's what we're going to see, Drink. That's, that's what I think we'll see. I think Michigan – I'm all about it. I think, yeah, and I think Georgia, I think this was really low scoring. I think it's, I'll go, I'll go 23-20, Georgia wins this one. And we'll see, we'll see Alabama and Georgia for the big one. All righty, rapid reactions. Y'all know what time it is. A whole lot of topics, a little bit of time. Jay, the floor is yours. All right, the Seahawks are on their way to their worst record in more than a decade, but Pete Carroll believes his team needs to retool, not restart. Drink, do you agree with him? I absolutely don't agree with him. He needs to retire if that's what he's thinking. Like, listen, here's the deal. I wouldn't mind to retool if I thought they was going to actually get some, you know, pieces to make Russell Wilson want to stay. No, not Pete Carroll. Hey, let me get a let me let me get a who's the number one middle linebacker? Let me get him. Uh, who the number third number three kicker? Let me get him. Um, and we need to change the flavor of our popcorn like that. Like he talking about retooling. What are you gonna retool? Like we didn't see you flop around draft picks like it was monopoly money, and now you want to talk about retooling? Come on, man. Like I don't know, man. I'm starting to want to beat Gary losing his brain a little bit over there. You know, it got old so. He got to get together. Colts have placed quarterback Carson Wentz on reserve slash COVID-19 list. What are your thoughts on this news? I ain't going to tell you my real thoughts because this is a family-oriented show. You know, the media makes me so sick when they do this. They like, the Colts placed their unvaccinated quarterback on the COVID list. They don't do that. They didn't do that with Bruce Arians today, I noticed, because I know he's been vaccinated and boosted, and he'll probably be the first in line when the, the next booster comes along because there will probably be another one. So, but that, that's my reaction to it. The media just gets on my nerves and we don't even know if he tested positive drink. They just say he in the protocol or he on the list. So down in me, right. my nerves. Ohio State will be without four <laughs> starters for the Rose Bowl, including receivers Garrett Wilson and Chris Alave. Do you think these guys would have played if the Buckeyes had made the playoffs? You're damn right. Let me tell you something. Let, let me tell you what the NFL going to say. If you perfectly healthy and you make a playoff, first of all, there's only four teams that make the playoffs. So if you skip the playoffs just for whatever the hell reason you want to, oh yeah, the NFL is gonna have questions. Like, what's going on here? You know what I'm saying? Like, that don't this don't make sense here. You, you gonna pull this crap when you get to the NFL too? Oh, we make the playoffs off my hamstring. Like, no. Nah. So I don't now, nah, and I and I will say this: I don't blame them for sitting out the Rose Bowl. I mean, you ain't. I don't. I, listen, if you're a first round talent and your team out here playing in a you know none playoff game. I'm not, I'm not mad at the players for doing it. Hell, we it happened to Alabama as well. Like it is what it is. Go ahead, man. Don't worry. We all here playing in the Citrus Bowl, man. Don't worry about it. Go get your career started. It is what it is. We'll be fine. Um, the Rams have lost running back Daryl Henderson for the next three to five weeks due to a right MCL sprain, but help could be on the way this Sunday with the return of one Cam Akers. Jay, we covered the Akers injury before the season. Are you surprised he recovered so quickly? First of all, I gotta say this is uh this is a tough break for Daryl Henderson because um 
I don't care if he come back healthy or not. He probably ain't gonna see the field again because you got Cam Akers. If he if he's indeed good to go, then he's gonna get a lot of work. And uh, Sony Michelle been looking pretty good. So um, you go ahead and wrap up the Daryl Henderson season. But yes, uh, look, Akers had an Achilles injury. I'm pretty sure that's what it was. So for him to be back this soon, I'm really surprised. So um, I don't know. I think uh, I think they activated him just for like he can get some you know, some uh, games toward retirement or something. They just being nice. I think their mm-hmm. plan, what they probably like to do is just bring him back for the playoffs. But um, I don't know, maybe since Henderson out, they want to give him a little bit of run uh, behind Sonny Michelle. But um, I think it's uh, it's definitely great news because I know before Cam Akers got hurt, uh, we thought that the, and he, the way he finished last season, um, mm-hmm. he was a big reason. We really like this Rams team, you know, because they, right. as much as we like Stafford and Cup and all the rest of it, when this team was in the Super Bowl, you know, a few years ago, it was built off the run game and Todd Gurley. And uh, Cam Akers, to me, was the next iteration of that. All right, we're going to close out Rappers with a six-pack of NFL picks coming up this weekend. Uh, we're going to start with the Chiefs and the Bengals. Drink, Joe Burrow threw for 525 against Baltimore. Can he keep it up against the Chiefs? I'm going to say no, only because he see the guy that's across the field. And he, he's going to understand that um, it's – you like Baltimore, like I mean, who did they roll out there? I don't even know if it was. It was it Hunter? Josh, that, that's what I'm saying. Like they rolled this guy here, and Joe Burrow, like who? Oh, I could make some mistakes out here. Let me just fling it all around the field. I could make some 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 mistakes. The problem when you're playing with Kansas City, you don't want to make those mistakes because you don't want to give Patrick Mahomes the ball more than you want him to have the ball. So I'm gonna say no on that one. Um, on the next one, we got the smoking red hot Miami Dolphins. You know, you know this team started the season one and seven. Now they eight and seven. Yes, that's crazy. Smoking red hot um, Miami Dolphins going against Jay's number one AFC, you know, favorites, the Tennessee Titans. Who you got now, Jay? You know, I got the Dolphins. The, Dol- <laughs> look, the Dolphins, Dolphins, first team ever seven game losing streak. In a seven-game winning streak uh, in the same season, yeah, they'll uh, they're gonna make it eight. Uh, they're gonna be blitzing Ryan. They're gonna be blitzing the daylights out of their old quarterback Ryan Tannehill. And uh, yeah, the, the Titans gonna remain on fraud alert for the foreseeable future. Uh, Raiders Colts, two teams fighting for their playoff hopes. The Colts will not have Carson Wentz because he's unvaccinated. Uh, is that gonna be enough for the Raiders to pull the upset? Uh... It might be, man, because I ain't in love with what's behind Carson Wentz. <laughs> um, <laughs> it might just be. I mean, listen, this is what we know about the Raiders. It's not a team that we're really taking serious as far as a contender. Well, right now, I don't think we're taking them serious as far as a non-contender. But what the Raiders do do is they get they get a fight. I give them that. They, they'll fight. You know, hey, Derek Carr, come out here and fight, and they'll try to do some things. But at the end of the day, uh, I'm, I'm going to take the Raiders in that one just because no Carson Wentz. I'm not in love with what they would roll out behind Carson Wentz. Even though you do got Jonathan Taylor. I got it. Jonathan Taylor. Got all that. But no Carson Wentz. It, it does give me a little concern. Um, Los Angeles Rams. You know, Odell Beckham to found his footing over there. The Rams seem like they didn't found their footing. They're going to take on the um, Josh Johnson-led Baltimore Ravens. Who you got on that one? 
Uh, the Rams, I think this is going to be uh, pretty ugly. Uh, I don't care who quarterbacks for the Ravens. I don't think if Lamar Jackson quarterback for the Ravens, this would matter. Uh, Aaron Donald, Aaron, whoever's on the center, Aaron Donald's going to be coming to get him. Bob Miller's going to be right after him. Leonard Floyd, Jalen Ramsey, whoever they throwing the ball to, he's going to have him. And I really think, look, the Ravens just got too many injuries. Um, and it, this secondary, who going to cover Cooper Cup? Who going to cover Odell, Van Jefferson? Uh, yeah, I, I think it's going to be really, really ugly up in Baltimore. Cardinals and Cowboys, two teams that we've been, uh, eh, we, you know, and are they the fourth and fifth team in the NFC? We don't know. Uh, who, who wins this one of two uh, division-leading NFC teams? I'm going to go with the Cowboys on this one just because – it's it's just some something about the Cardinals. Like I believe that they're a good team. I believe that they're gonna make some noise in the playoffs. It, but it's just when they play other contender teams, I just yo, you went and got smacked by the Lions. You didn't just lose. You got smacked by the Lions. Like it's just something about that inconsistency where I'm just like, I don't know. So I'm gonna I'm gonna take in the Cowboys on that one. Um, and last but not least, <laughs> old Baker one time, Mayfield, you know, taking his bronze to go visit the Pittsburgh Steelers. Who you got in this, in this division clash? Could be, uh, could be big, likely Big Ben's final uh, home game as a Steeler. Uh, we know Mike Thomas' team, they never finished below 500. Both teams fighting to stay in the playoff picture. Um, I'm taking Pittsburgh. I think it's one last hurrah for Big Ben. And uh, look, I know both quarterbacks. I don't believe in either one of them, but uh, I'll take Pittsburgh at home. Uh, I'll take Big Ben one more time over Baker Mayfield. And that concludes tonight's drink of wisdom. Thank you for joining us. As always, like, listen, share, subscribe. Enjoy the playoffs. We'll see you back in 2022. And yes, we will. Hey, and, and before I close this out, I just want to take tell everybody hey from a drink of wisdom being that this is our last show for 2021 hey we want to thank everybody for supporting us and our jacksonville correspondent you know what i'm saying listen um we appreciate the support we hope in 2022 bring us more and merrier and with that said i'm nathan drinking and remember make tomorrow better than today and make today better than yesterday and you know what we gonna do we're going to holler at you until next time, baby. Ladies and gentlemen, this is A Drink of Wisdom.